0: Here's Hazel Wilde from Lanterns on the Lake. So you won't be in London when they make the announcement? You'll be... You'll be we'll be
1: here in Newcastle, and um, at the minute we're in this um, local lockdown situation, so not that we're expecting to win, but if, I don't know, by some miracle we did, I don't know what that would mean, like yeah. we'd go anywhere or what, what
0: would happen. <laughs> so, so you live in Newcastle itself... Yeah. And um and at the moment there's a lockdown there. There's a local lockdown in that uh, neck of the woods.
1: Yeah, well I I actually live um in a town called North Shields, which is like just outside of Newcastle, yeah. um to North Tyneside. So we're part of like one of I think it's seven local councils that have all gone into this local lockdown. Yeah. You wouldn't know it like to walk around. It just it seems <laughs> yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know how you feel. I mean, how, how have you felt um, just on a personal level since, since lockdown? How, how you, have you been taking in your stride or have you been a bit fearful or a bit worried? or? or... I
1: mean, um, I, I feel kind of guilty saying it really. But um, the first time around, I, I there were aspects of it that I quite liked. Yeah, um, <laughs> and me, <laughs> and 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 I do feel a bit bad about that because I know a lot of people have really suffered, like health-wise and financially and all the rest of it, and and we did suffer, um, you know, we had to cancel tours and things like that, yeah. and I was worried for a lot of people, um, you know, like who were having a shield and stuff like that, but there were things about just like. That kind of slowing things right down that I, I liked, and I loved not having to uh, make commitments to do, to like socialize with people and stuff like that. I know it sounds weird, but I just really liked just having to stay in my own little bubble and um, slow mm. things right down. I think this time around it feels a little bit more bleak because you start to think, oh shit, is this what life's gonna be like now? And, um, is this going to last for, I don't know, five years,
0: ten years. But let's try and look on the bright side a little yeah. bit, shall we? <laughs> um, yeah. And obviously to. to be nominated for Mercury is fantastic. It must have been, um, when when you heard about that, was that um, was that uh, a surprise or um, how did you... Yeah, did it 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 it, the, you know, I mean,
1: it, it was really um, unexpected. I mean... I didn't think it was impossible having said that like I didn't think it was completely impossible that that could happen but at the same time it was completely unexpected and um, you know all all the kind of predictions for who would be nominated I don't think we were probably in there for a lot of people I think our album was fair to say like a bit of an a bit of an underdog in this and like maybe flew underneath the radar for a lot of people like I don't think Many people had heard the record or were aware of it. But um, I think with the Mercury's, like, you know, it doesn't really matter how many people have heard of the band already or how much hype your albums have or had or how much press it has or anything like that, because they're just you're going in it and you've got just as much chance of everybody else and, like, you just hope that, like, your work will speak for itself, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was unexpected. Um. And, yeah, we were, like, giddy, obviously, and um, emotional, and um, there was a bit of disbelief. And um, it was weird because, like, what we would naturally want to do is all – go to the pub and like celebrate and hug each other and stuff but obviously we weren't able to do that so that that made it feel quite strange it's um i don't know it's felt like we're kind of this thing is happening but for us nothing's really changed because we're still at home we've not gone anywhere there's no award ceremony um (laughs) all the kind of press stuff has been via zoom or on the phone and Like, I know it is real, but at the same time,
0: it doesn't really feel so. So, just a bit of background then, um, because for the purposes of of radio, for people who don't may not be familiar with you, um, you've been going for quite a while now 2007 ish, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, from, from the Newcastle area. It was basically you, um, Hazel Wilde, Paul Gregory, uh, Oliver Ketteringham.
1: Mm
0: um Bob Allen and Angela Chan that is that still the the current lineup
1: yeah for the last um I don't know six or seven years or something like that it's been this lineup yeah so we started back in like 2007 I think we didn't really play a gig until the following year Yeah, and we just started by um kind of putting our own gigs on and um and putting our own EPs out and sending them to radio and um and blogs and stuff like that, and just tried to build a bit of a following that way. And then we signed to Bell Union in 2010, and the following year put out the first album.
0: Which was Gracious Tide, Take Me Home. Yeah. And uh, you've had a couple of albums since then, Until the Colours Run, which is 2013, Um, Beings, 2015. Then he did yep. a, a live record with the Royal Northern Symphonia um, yeah, which was a one-off gig, wasn't it? A one-off performance, I believe, and that was released.
1: yeah. We, we we played a couple of times with Royal Northern Symphonia, but that was um. But the the one that was put out on record was um a big hometown gig, which was at the Sage. Yeah. Um, recorded that and put it out. Well, we released it digitally to begin with, but a lot of people were um, kind of listeners us, wanting us to put it out in vinyl, so we did. Met up with the with the orchestra a few times. Well, we worked with somebody called Fiona Bryce who helped us um, with the arrangements for the for the orchestra to play to play with us. So yeah, that was like an incredible experience because you know when you you're writing a song at home in your bedroom or or whatever, like on an acoustic guitar or something, you never expect that one day a forty-piece orchestra will be playing that with you. So It was a really um, special, incredible yeah. night for us.
0: Amazing, absolutely amazing. But but shortly after that, you took a bit of a break, didn't you? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: I don't think we um, sort of didn't like sit down and say let's have a break, but um, it was almost unspoken that like we weren't going to like jump into the next record really quickly because it didn't we didn't feel a massive rush to do that really.
0: So do you think it helped having that semi break? Or, or, uh, oh,
1: definitely. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's probably, kind of creatively speaking, probably the most healthy thing that we could have done. Um, in the past, we have always jumped into the next album straight away. It just meant that there was no pressure. And then because of that, like as a result of not having any pressure to write any songs, I ended up writing loads of songs, which then ended up becoming the album. We had quite a clear idea about what we wanted this album to sound like. It's incredible to work with Belly Union, our our label, and they, um, they give us a lot of freedom to just do what we want, really, um, which we really appreciate. I think the majority of the songs on this album I had written on my own, just um, either on acoustic or on, on piano, and had the kind of the structure and the bones for what the song was and, like, the... Um, all the lyrics and that kind of thing. And then we spent quite a bit of time like stripping the songs back in a way, um, taking a lot of things out so that we made sure the only things that were in there, the only melodies that you heard were there to serve the song. I think in the past we've maybe cluttered the songs a little bit or added a lot of layers that weren't necessary. Um, And we wanted to avoid doing that this time. and I think we did.
0: Can you tell me about before the excavate, excavate? What what that what is what that is about from your from from your perspective?
1: Yeah, so it's um I suppose in a way it's like a a last night on earth kind of song. Um there's a lot of ideas in there, um, to do with just how I was feeling at the time of writing it, like this kind of threat of um climate change and um really um messed up world leaders and things like that. A lot of things in the world just feeling like everything felt unstable and um and like almost apocalyptic in a way. And the song is kind of um I would say a romantic song. Um <laughs> about um, you know, kind of saying yeah. if the planet's going to hell anyway, then let's live for tonight and do all the things that make us feel alive.
0: And the, the album title, Spook the Herd, what does that mean and, and why did you choose that as the album title?
1: So there's a, a line in the first song. I guess we've, we thought that that line and that phrase distilled a lot of the themes going on through the album about that kind of disorientation that a lot of people are feeling. Um, it's, and k- kind of the role that social media plays in that as well, and how unnerving that is. And um, yeah, I guess we just felt that 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 kind of represented a lot of the themes in one in one sentence.
0: And it sort of feels quite prescient now, doesn't it? I mean, obviously you didn't intend it at the time, but um, the the um, head definitely got spooked in uh, March and April. Definitely. I
1: couldn't believe it when uh, the phrase herd immunity started making the rounds. (laughs) I was just like, no, please don't.